This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, hello, friends. This is Lindsay, your local late-blooming lesbian, and I'm here to talk to you about how narcissists will tell on themselves throughout your relationship. Okay, friends, before we begin, I want to remind everyone that I am not an expert. I'm not a therapist. I don't have any professional training on any of this stuff. I'm simply here as a person who was in a relationship with an abusive person for two and a half years, and I want to share my experience, what it looked like, what it felt like, what um, you know, some of the signs of abuse were that I probably overlooked at the time, and of course, what it's like coming out of the trauma bond, starting life over, etc. So please remember to take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, <clears throat> I'm not here to diagnose anyone. I want to make sure that everyone is being careful, um, not trying to do anything dangerous if you are in a physically abusive situation. Um, I'm just hoping to bring you some information to help educate, validate, and just support people who are going through this. Remember that while this kind of abuse is pretty textbook, it can also look vastly different. So you might be listening and you know, not recognize what I'm saying in your abuser and think, well, mine must not be abusive because mine doesn't do what these things that she's talking about. Or you could be listening and thinking that I've been watching your life um, as a fly on the wall. I just want everyone to remember that, you know, these situations and experiences can be very different. Um, So definitely, if you're listening, try not to rationalize your way into staying in an abusive relationship. I always recommend Googling, um, if you're not being physically abused, Google emotional abuse and see if your partner is ticking off a lot of those boxes or even just a few of them, Um, you know, and if it's just a few, then see if they're open to working on, you know, cutting out the gaslighting or cutting out whatever, you know, they might be doing if it's just a couple of things, because a lot of us do have poor communication skills and poor coping mechanisms, and sometimes it can be fixed. However, if you're looking at this and your partner's checking off all the boxes and they're not making any um, moves towards changing, I think that's a pretty clear sign that you are being abused. Um, And so it is time to start trying to make changes. Um, Obviously, again, I'm not here to diagnose anyone. All right, let's dive into this episode. So this is something that I heard from Lee Hammock, who is at Mental Healness on pretty much all social media. Um, And I do mention him a lot. He has been super helpful in my healing journey. And I recently did uh, a TikTok live with him. I had a great conversation. And like I said, um, I'm probably going to say his name a lot because He's just one of the people who have been super helpful to me. But I I don't remember where I'm sure he said it on multiple platforms, you know, on his podcast, on his YouTube, you know, wherever. 
that a narcissist will tell on themselves. They will, throughout their relationship, say things that give away their truth, which they are trying so hard to conceal from you and from the people around them. I believe a lot of times in Lee's examples, he is saying things like, you know, a narcissist will accuse you of cheating because they are cheating or they will, um, you know, attack your insecurities because they are insecure about those things. One thing that came up lately on my TikTok was that I made a video of some of the things that my ex said to critique or you know criticize who I am as a mother, my parenting, my child, all of those things. And someone said, you know, it sounds like those are the things that they are unable to or were unable to handle with their child. And that's absolutely true. They would project their, um, I don't know, shortcomings with my child um, onto me. Their insecurities about, you know, how they were or were not able to to parent him. And they would put that on me and, and say, hey, you are not able to take him out in public by yourself. He's not able to do these things. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And of course, that was really just them giving away their truth about, you know, their relationship with my child. Obviously, I know this now. This is something that I still tr- struggle with. That was the whole point of the video is that like I still hear their dumb voice um, in my head sometimes when I'm having a rough day with my son, which is totally normal. Um, but yeah. One example from my personal experience in my relationship was my ex's use of social media slash photos and memories and things like that. Now, obviously, if you go through a breakup and you choose to delete pictures of your ex, that's 100% your choice. It's not a red flag that you've deleted photos. Okay, sorry. I had to stop for a second. I am in the Target parking lot and there's a lot going on. Um, I'm hearing like some weird sounds and after everything that went on the last two and a half years, like I'm just like, there's some people making some like yelling sounds and I kind of got my head on a swivel here because I'm obviously highly sensitive to that. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, Yeah, so if you choose to delete pictures from your past, it's 100% a personal choice. I... um, usually do not delete pictures. I'm very much a picture person. I feel like, you know, it's part of your story. It's part of your life. I never deleted any pictures of my son's dad from my personal social media that I have because he's my son's dad. He never did anything wrong to me. We remain friends. We co-parent, um, closely. And of course my ex wanted me to delete those pictures, but I said, absolutely not. Like I want my son to be able to see all these pictures of us together to know where he came from, etc. And of course, looking back, I'm very glad that I did not delete those for a while. I didn't delete pictures of my ex. And this is kind of a tangent. This is now me describing, I guess, my tendency to delete or not delete. But, um, at first I did not delete pictures of my ex because it's part of my story. And I wanted people to be able to see, examples of what it looks like to be in an abusive relationship where you're trying very hard to work on the relationship because um, I don't know if you followed me while I was in it, but I posted one, I would share the nice moments that we did have because obviously, you know, I've talked about this before. 
your entire existence with an abusive person, with a narcissist, isn't going to be bad. They're going to have some good times sprinkled in or else you wouldn't stay. Um, so my Instagram was both me sharing about my relationship and trying to raise my son with this new partner, you know, having this queer relationship, co-parenting with my son's dad, etc. But I also shared the difficult moments in my stories. I would share like this thing that we're struggling with that. Oh, haha, isn't this funny that I got this Ikea table that they opened and like left all the parts on the floor and took them a week to get it done. And of course, it's like, well, why didn't you do it? Well, because I am not that kind of lesbian. Okay, (laughs) I do not build Ikea furniture, but um, it was like this whole thing. And I would do things like that where I would laugh or like they didn't know when my birthday was. So I would post that in my stories where I'm asking them, like, do you know when my birthday is? And they're getting it wrong, 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 wrong. You know, oh, it's you know, and then they're saying like, yeah, you, you were born in July, your birthday's July. And I'm like, no, it's, it's August 10th. Like, you know, and I'm laughing, but obviously it's very painful to have a partner who doesn't know your birthday or is purposely pretending they don't know your birthday to make you feel like crap, which a narcissist will do. You're not important enough to be remembered. Right. Um, and I would share, um, I would do whole series about how, you know, this is a difficult relationship. We're in therapy. We're each doing individual therapy. We don't see eye to eye. We struggle with this. We struggle with that because I was trying to be real and show that, you know, social media isn't all that you think it is. It's not everything that you see. These are curated feeds and people, you know, they're highlight reels. That's what people say. And I wanted to be open and honest. And so my point is that at first I kept that up because I wanted people to be able to look back and see what it can look like when you're in it. However, when my birthday video went viral on TikTok and people started digging for information about who my ex was and what they looked like and why, I then ended up deleting most of it on Instagram. Anyway, so my point is that, you know, totally up to you whether you want to delete things or not. But I remember asking my ex early on why they didn't have any pictures of like, really any friends or exes or anything on their Instagram. Cause again, I'm coming in, like, I'm not deleting these pictures of my ex husband. Um, do you even have exes? Like what's going on here? And they said, Oh, you know, I'm a really private person, which they maintained, you know, the entire time that I knew them. And that's fair. Not everyone wants to be an influencer. Not everyone wants to have their whole, you know, entire life on social media. It's actually a really vulnerable place to be. And so that's fine. Again, not necessarily a red flag. Um, but they would say things like, you know, I don't like to take pictures with people or keep pictures of people or post pictures with people because relationships are temporary. They're always temporary. Things like, you know, people are always leaving or things don't work out or, you know, I start dating people and then I realize that I don't actually love them. I don't actually want to be with them. I like whatever. So that was an example of my ex telling on, on themselves, on their self. Um, they were telling, they were saying, you know, I am not self-aware, so I don't fully understand why I'm so, you know, like this about people being temporary. However, people are very temporary. And I started talking about on my on my Instagram stories today because um, Narc Abuse Coach on Instagram, who's also been very helpful, posted something about how a narcissist will come after you. They'll target you. They'll love bomb you with the knowledge that you are not going to be around forever because they're going to use you. They're going to abuse you. And then when they're done, when you no longer serve their purpose, they're going to discard you. So again, example of my ex telling who they are right there, showing me their hand. Of course, at the time I didn't realize it. Now looking back, crystal clear. 
Another now super obvious example of my ex um, showing their hand was when they would describe their relationship patterns to me. It was the same thing that they did with me. And I remember talking to them about it. And again, my ex is not self-aware. So, you know, can recognize this pattern in their relationships, but cannot recognize that it's because that they are the one doing the love bombing, doing the devaluation, you know, having these miserable partners because they're doing all this hot and cold up and down, back and forth. Um, and that that's, you know, that's, they're not able to say, well, I'm doing this because I'm a narcissist and I'm abusive and I'm going to go get help for this so that at least I'm aware of what I'm doing. Instead, they would say things like, well, typically I start a relationship. I fall in love hard and fast. I give every ounce of my energy to that person. I have all this sex. It's hot and heavy. I'm fully focused on them. I put them on a pedestal. And then after like a couple of months, I don't like them anymore. I'm bored with them. I have nothing else to give. I don't feel anything anymore. I don't want to have sex. I, I don't feel love. I'm done. I'm done with them. But oftentimes they'd stay in the relationship. You know, it's this back and forth, hot and cold. The other person's miserable, complaining, wants things to get better, wants to go to therapy. And of course the ex is like, you know, the mutual ex of all of us is like, oh, you're just not happy. You'll never be happy. I can't make you happy. I can't keep you happy. Blah, blah, blah. You want too much. You're, you know, you're too needy. Blah, blah, blah. Same thing. Um, but yeah, what an incredible example of a narcissist literally telling someone, this is what I do. This is my relationship pattern. And obviously being in that relationship, looking at it, you're, you're kind of rationalizing it and you're thinking, well, yeah, a lot of people do that because, you know, we get addicted to that upfront, hot and heavy, you know, the newness, the, the, we call it the honeymoon phase, which again, with the narcissist, it's, it's love bombing. But we think that that's normal and we think that's, that's not that it's healthy, but that's the way that a relationship is supposed to proceed. So I'm looking at it like they just haven't found someone who's worth continuing to feel that way over. Not worth, because of course they were all worth, you know, they were all worthy. They were all wonderful people, I'm sure. Um, But it's just that they haven't found someone who they really, really felt this X, Y, Z, blah, 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 to keep, keep sustaining that kind of relationship with when really they're just going through that pattern of narcissistic abuse, that love bomb, you know, discard, Hoover, etc., over and over and over again with, you know, a whole line of different people. Obviously, again, looking back now, I understand this for what it is. So you might be wondering how, like with this information, like my ex literally handed me their playbook very early on, you know, like, oh, I don't take pictures of people because they, you know, people are temporary and I get into these relationships hot and heavy and then I pull back. Like why I wouldn't be like, okay, then, well, I noticed you pulled back. So I'm going to go ahead and dip out because I know where this is going. And obviously I did have those feelings. Like I can, I've talked about this early, I think in one of my first podcast episodes, um, might've been the love bombing one, but like, I can remember like a click, like a moment in time when, you know, my ex pulled back and it, it was a very sudden, obvious pull back. you know, it wasn't like a slow over time kind of like, Oh, you know, we've been together for a while. We're kind of drifting apart. Let's figure out how to like, you know, keep the spark alive. Cause life is hard. It wasn't like that. It was all of a sudden, you know, we were doing all the things we were very close. We were on the same page. And then all of a sudden it was, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, which again, I already talked about that, but 
It was, you know, when I would bring it up and question it, my ex would say things like, well, this is the longest I've ever stayed like physically attracted to someone. Like we still do have sex. Whereas with my ex-wife, you know, after a certain amount of time, I wasn't attracted to her at all. And I just wasn't, you know, whatever. But with you and I would be like, okay, yeah, I guess we do still have good sex. So like, you know, when it does happen, like, okay, I can see that. Um, and now looking back, I kind of wonder if, oh, I'm not going to say that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh man. The musings. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. And then the same with like my son and like just the whole, everything it was, you know, I would, I would question it and they would say, well, this is the longest that I've really cared about someone. And oh, I care about your son so much. And oh, I still enjoy doing things with you. And oh, and even though like yeah, sometimes we did things together. It, we They did things with me enough that I could say, okay, yeah, you're right. It seems like you're doing much more and putting in much more effort than you did in previous relationships. The same with therapy. Well, my ex wanted me to go to therapy and I never did, but I'm willing to go to therapy with you and I've been going to therapy with you, which here again, I'm going to plug another one of my episodes. I have a whole episode about going to therapy with an abuser, but it was things like that, which they would feed me and then I would use to rationalize staying with them longer because while I could see that they were doing the same pattern that they had described to me early on, it was just different enough for me to stay in it. So again, you know, that's just part of the trauma bond. That is part of, you know, being in love or thinking that you're in love with like someone's potential with what they showed you in the beginning when they were mirroring you and love bombing you. And, you know, holding on to the hope that someday they'll be who you think they are. And they're really not, they are not that person. And that's part of realizing what the situation really is. And then starting the process of getting out of that relationship. I just want to add one more thing about the rationalizing of, you know, this situation being different from all their other relationships, which again, you know, they were feeding me. So it makes sense that I was, you know, latching onto that information. It's probably, again, you know, I'm not an expert, pretty common. I've seen a lot of this with people sharing um, for a toxic or narcissistic person to tell you this is different. This is so different from my past relationships. This is so different from my exes. This is so like you make me happier. Like I'm still more attracted to you than I was to them. I'm staying longer. I'm working harder. This is different. This is different. This is different. And you know what? (laughs) My relationship with my ex was very different from how it was with their previous relationships because they did stay longer. There was a child involved. There was um, I don't know what other ways it was different, but like, of course it looked different. I'm a different person. Um, each X is a different person and maybe they're trying slightly different tactics with each different person because they're realizing that, you know, eventually it didn't work. Like eventually their wife left them. Eventually the other girl, the last girlfriend left them. Eventually I left them. So what needs to happen next? It is going to look different. They're going to go into that next relationship with vigor and, you know, putting their best foot forward, proving to, you know, the person who they just lost that they are getting better, that they are in love, that they have found someone that, you know, this person's different. It's going to be different this time. 
So of course it looks different and you know, you just have to pay attention and it's hard. I know I get a lot of people who ask me, well, how do I know if it's love bombing? How do I know if it's genuine or if they're genuinely sorry? And like, I could do a whole episode on that. Slow down, pay attention to the red flags, put boundaries in place, see how they respond to those boundaries. And you know what? Like there's your answer. Slow down, pay attention. They will tell on themselves. They will. I promise you that. Okay, friends, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I hope this information was helpful to you that you, I don't know, learned something that will either apply to you trying to get out of a relationship or to support someone else who may be in it or have been in it. Um, you know, this is a tough subject to talk about. So I suggest after you listen to this, do some self-care, drink some water, um, definitely take care of yourselves because again, this is mentally exhausting for all of us. Um, if you like this episode and you want more content, uh, content from me, you can always find me at the Lindsay Goodman on TikTok and Instagram, or you can go to my website, the Lindsay Uh, I am always updating and posting things on TikTok and Instagram, keeping that um, pretty active. If you like this podcast, please like, review, subscribe, all the things so that you can help me get this message out to more people who need support. Thank you so much. I will see you all next week.